Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. The Law Report on Kaya FM 95.9. Good evening, Kaya. Good evening, Kaya. Welcome to the Law Report. standing in for Michael Motsanengbele. My big brother is making some mula somewhere, so I'm here holding forth for him. Uh, always on the Wednesday, we talk to you about everything law, and uh, on this show, as always, we seek to educate on all matters law. Today, we have a very interesting topic. Uh, particularly for those who are single parents, you would know that uh, we've just come from a single parents day and we also know that uh, this issue of single parents has uh, been identified as one of the major issues of behavioral mishaps for uh, a lot of children. So we want to speak about uh, the rights of uh, single parents and to understand what the law says about this issue. The Law Report with Michael Mutsuning Bill on Kaya FM 95.9. Mkaya, just as I've indicated just before the, the break, we are all boggled by this issue of uh, single parents, and statistics seem to indicate that uh, about 60% of children grow without one of the parents, and in most instances, it is without the father. A lot of single parents, being in this instance, I'm referring to women, will have difficulties either in obtaining necessary documentation for their children. Uh, or if you want to apply for a passport, you want to travel, you want to obtain or move the child from one school to, to another, it's always a problem if there is no cooperation from the, from the other parent. So we want to discuss this issue to say, what are the legal circumstances uh, under which a single parent uh, can manage the affairs of their, uh, of their child? And uh, is there a possibility that a biological father's uh, rights and parental responsibilities may lawfully be terminated so much so much as to exclude them uh, from having any right to make a decision on the future of uh, the present and the future of a child. You would have, some of you would have noticed there's an article, uh, a matter that served before the Gauteng High Court in Pretoria in terms of which a parent went to court and claimed an inheritance, a minor child having been born, uh, rights of that parent were terminated because he was basically absent in the life of that child. That child then had uh, uh, medical problems, then passed on, and the medical problems were attributed to the negligence of the Department of Health. And a payout of 15 million was, was then ordered in consequence to the damages that the court had awarded. And uh, it then came to the issue of inheritance, and the court had to answer the question as to whether or not this biological parent who had been basically absent in the life of this minor child, this minor deceased child, could inherit a share of that amount. And the way in which the court dealt with that issue also deals with the issues that affect issues of inheritance and how do we deal with matters of that nature. So those of you who are single parents or those of you who are in circumstances where the issues that I'm referencing have, have affected you or you know someone has been affected by, by those, those issues, I would invite you to give us a call on 86 0959 And it's important, Mukaya, that you call so early uh, so that we are able to deal with as many issues as we can and uh, offer as much as we can. I'm joined on, on the line by an attorney, Chris Fisher. Uh, he will be assisting me to go through uh, some of these issues with you and the legal advisor Cheryl Webb. Uh, they will also be. She will also be on the line to help me to to go through some of those issues. So the sooner you give us a call, the 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 more we are able to, as much as possible, impart as as uh, as much as we can. I can assure you that Chris Fisher is not cheap. So if you can get him for free uh, on the line now, it will go a long way in uh, in ensuring that you have as much as you can. I can see that the lines are beginning to scream already, and that's that's a very good sign. I I will be coming to you, um, Fisher. Welcome to welcome to the to Mr. Fisher. Welcome to the to the law report. Uh, thank you so much for having me. It's uh, it's it's an absolute pl- pleasure. Uh, maybe as a point of uh, of departure, before I go to 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 Miss Webb. When we talk about parental rights and responsibilities, what are we talking about? Well, those are the uh, permanent, permanent full parental rights and responsibilities that are afforded um, both parents uh, in terms of Section 18 of the Children's Act. Um, it includes sole guardianship of the minor child. It includes 
care for the minor child. It includes your, uh, you to maintain the minor child, act as a guardian of the minor child, and to com- contribute towards the maintenance of the minor child. Um, as the sole guardian of the minor child, in terms of that Section 18 of the Children's Act, you have to administer and safeguard the minor child's property and property interests. You have to assist or represent the minor child in administrative, contractual, and other legal matters. You have to give or refuse any consent required by law in respect of the minor child, including consent to the child's marriage, if they're getting married at the age of 16 or 17 or whatnot, Um, consent to the child's adoption, if that's happening, and consent to the child's departure or removal from the Republic of South Africa. It's also for the consent to the minor child's application for a passport and consent to the alienation or encumbrance of any immovable property of the minor child. So it really uh, comes into play to that case that you just mentioned uh, before um, we started talking as well. So so when you say parental rights responsibilities, is that, for lack of a better expression, or without necessarily overly legalizing it, is, is, that, uh-huh. is that the dictionary definition of the word parent? If I were to open the Oxford Dictionary and look for the word parent, is that what we are talking about? The, the, if, 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 if I'm walking on, on the streets of Johannesburg and I say parent, the person that I'm talking to has a particular mm-hmm. understanding of what I mean being the ordinary grammatical meaning of, of the word. So is that the case? Legally speaking, when you say someone is a parent, is it the same as saying someone is a parent on the street? Uh, not necessarily, because in terms of uh, the Children's Act, it's, it sets out a particular set of rights and responsibilities that a parent would have. Uh, in terms of just looking after the child or having contact with the child is not good enough. So, so in a sense, I suppose, maybe let me put it the question this way. Mm-hmm. You are suggesting that the mere fact that you are born of a, of a woman uh, does not in and of itself mean that's the end of the definition of what a parent is. Someone can be that's a parent correct. even if they are not your biological parent. That's correct. And, and the court can change that. Is it that, is it that the court can change it? Or mm-hmm. it it arises as a matter naturally. Well, in terms of the Children's Act, obviously the biological parents uh, gain automatic parental uh, rights and responsibilities towards the minor child. But if that uh, environment of circumstances are um, to what the court would deem uh, unfit, they could change the, uh, your parental rights and responsibilities. And, and what would be those circumstances in terms of which... So, so from what you are saying is that the first point of departure is that if you are a biological parent, the rights and responsibilities naturally and automatically accrue to you. But there is a second, there's a second layer to it in terms of which either those rights can be terminated and be one, that's on one end, those rights are terminated. On the second part of it, those rights may be conferred to someone else who is not necessarily your biological um, uh, parent. That's correct. That's where you can either um, confer those rights onto a a person that's not a biological parent, like we can talk about adoption there, but sole guardianship or full parental rights and responsibilities can be conferred either onto one single parent if one of the other parents are absent, but that's an application in terms of Section 28 of the Children's Act, or a person who is, of course, adopting the child. Okay, let's let's put the question of adoption um, slightly aside because I think yes. it's rather straightforward. It's... Uh, it's it, Two biological parents, yeah. and in the event that the the let's say hypothetically the father is absent from the child's life yeah. and uh, doesn't contribute or any uh, doesn't have any meaningful meaningful contact with the minor child, then the mother would bring an application to court in terms of section twenty eight of the Children's Act to terminate the father's uh, rights and responsibilities towards the minor child. Now, we have to differentiate there between the parental rights and the parental responsibilities. They are two different things because the parental rights are where you have the rights to contact with the child and to act as a guardian of the minor child and to make decisions on on behalf of the minor child where parental responsibilities uh, lean more towards your um, responsibility to 
tribute to, towards the maintenance of the minor child. So what the court uh, has is uh, quite interesting. The powers that they have is they can actually terminate the father's uh, rights, parental rights towards the child, but still keep intact his responsibilities towards the child. So then the mother can apply for a passport without the father's consent, but she can still go to the maintenance court and claim for yeah. maintenance from the father. I think, Chris, let, let's deal with that a little bit more because I think it's, um, I would suggest that perhaps it's a very important aspect that people would need to understand. In what circumstances, if you may deal with that, in what circumstances would a single parent what would be the factors that a single parent would need to demonstrate to the court in order to bring a successful application in terms of which the absent father's rights in respect of the biological father may be terminated? What kind of things should the, 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 the single parents be able to demonstrate to the court so that the court would be would be in a position to grant such an order? Yes, so the, the court will, uh, in, when considering such an application for turban, termination of rights because we have to remember that the court doesn't um, terminate rights lightly they won't just uh, terminate whatever they want because it's it's automatic rights that have been conferred and now the court has to um, go ahead and you know uh, terminate these rights it, so they they take into consideration the first and foremost they take the best interests of the child into consideration they take the relationship between the child and the person who's the parental, uh, whose parental responsibilities and rights are being challenged into account. The degree of commitment that the person has shown towards the child is also very important. And any other fact in the opinion of the court may be taken into account as well. Okay, so, so, so in other words, the biological mother, let, let's, for, for, for the purpose of conversation, let's, let, let's, let's, ah. let's assume the absent one is the father. I do accept that it can be, it, it can be the other way, but for the purpose of conversation, let's assume that it's the, it's the, it's the father that is absent. You would need to demonstrate that the father has not been active in the life of the child and that they have not shown any attachment to the, to the child and that, uh, no, nothing adverse will happen to, to the child as a result of the termination of, uh, of these parental responsibilities. If anything, the child is going to get, gain something and therefore it is in the best interest of that child that those responsibilities be conferred only on the mother. That's correct. And, and of course, you, you show the court and you indicate to the court that if these rights are not terminated, it will adversely affect the child, especially, for example, where medical attention have to, has to be given to the child, where the child has to go to hospital and some kind of um, uh, elective medical procedure needs to be done, where uh, both parents' uh, consent is needed and required, then that child will be in danger because the father hasn't been in the life of the child for, let's say, 10 years or not, or, or whatnot. So that's a very important thing to keep in the back of your head as well. So, so Kaya, I, I, I think that uh, it, it might be important at, at this point in the discussion to, to recognize that uh, um, it is preferable, of course, that both parents be in the life of the child. Um, yeah. and, and that it is obviously a constitutional injunction that uh, it is in the best interest of the child that both parents be present in the life of the, of the child. But uh, the 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 reality of practice seems to suggest otherwise. I have had situations where people come and say they are unable to apply for a passport because uh, the father is not there, the consent is required, and 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 the the, the father is nowhere to be found. Or the last time they saw uh, the father of the child was some years back. What we are getting from 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 Chris is that it is quite possible that you should be able to manage the affairs of this minor child in the absence of the father. If you are able to demonstrate the factors that Chris has, has, has indicated and, and, and for that to happen, you would need to bring um, a, a, a court application and the court application in terms of which you, you, you make allegations along the lines that Chris has, uh, has indicated. Maybe let's practicalize this and, uh, and, and Isaac has been holding on the line for, for, for quite some time. Before I go to, um, to Cheryl, Let's hear from you, Isaac. How are you, Bussy? I'm okay. I'm okay. How are you? I'm, I'm good, Bussy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got a really similar situation. Eh? Yes. The mother, the mother, me and the mother were separated. Mm-hmm. I think the child was about uh, two to three years. Yes. And the mother had an access to a child. And she used to, I used to give the child every weekend. Mm-hmm. So then it happened one day when I went to confess the child, I was attacked by the brothers. 
of the mother. Yes. So then I decided, no, let me take back the child to the mother. Because now I'm being attacked. Mm-hmm. Now what's happening on the certificate of my child? The, the only occurrence is the name of the mother. Yeah. My name is not appearing on the certificate of the child. Mm-hmm. I took the child, I think he was, he was about three to four years. Mm-hmm. Now the child is 11 years old. Now I can't do anything for the child because the only, the only name that appearing on the certificate is the mother's child. And now the child is 11 years old. The mother left the child since, since he was three to four years, somewhere then. Now I'm struggling to get my name to put it on the birth certificate so I can have him do whatever I want to do, whatever I want to do to open their accounts for the child for everything because I'm stuck and I can't go back to the mother because I know they are violent. So can you please assist, assist me if I can get something that is going to be done? Because now the problem is if I want to do something, I need to go and go, go to the mother, but I can't go to the mother. Now I've decided to go and do the paternity test. Who's going to help me to do that? Why do you need a paternity test? Are you doubting that you're the father of the child? I am the father of the child. The okay. problem is on the birth certificate of the child. Mm. I'm not appearing. Yeah. So whatever I want to do, the mother must be there. And I can't go back to the mother because they are violent. Okay. Chris? Mm. Yes. So that's, that's, you know, can be easily remedied in the children's court. Uh, if you approach the children's court with an application for uh, arrangements surrounding contact and care with your child, you can also then request from the court. And I think from this caller, he said he he's not really had a substantial amount of contact with the child for quite an extended period of time. So what ha- what needs to happen is the court, you will request from the court that a social worker be appointed to investigate this contact and care arrangements and to report and to recommend to the court new arrangements and for that court to make an order in terms of those arrangements. So what will likely happen is that the social worker, after interviewing both parties, obviously separately, um, will make those recommendations and they will state that for the first few months or perhaps even a year, um, uh, the caller will have what we call supervised visitation with the minor child, but that super, uh, supervised visitation doesn't need to be supervised by the mother or the mother's family. It will be supervised by an appointed social worker or any other third party that the parties can agree to. So, I mean, the, uh, the, the, the fact that he says that he needs to go or the mother needs to be around all the time when he wants to see his child, uh, that's irregular. Uh, they can approach the children's court for relief in terms of that. Isaac, I, I do hope that you, you have been assisted and um, I do hope also that similar fathers in your position would be, would be assisted. I think it's, 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 it's equally good to, to know that there are fathers who are clamoring to be involved in the life of their, of their children because the accusation has always been that uh, fathers are absent in the, in the lives of their children and it causes all kinds of uh, social problems thereafter. So I think Isaac is, is, to, be, uh, is to be appreciated and applauded for, uh, for such. So after the break, we are going to uh, continue in the in the discussion, and uh, I, I I did indicate that we hope that uh, uh, people who are in these situations give us a call as quickly as possible, so that you can benefit from the uh, assistance that Chris and Cheryl will be able to offer us in this um, uh, in this discussion, particularly those who are having problems to manage the affairs of their minor children uh, because either of the absence of the of of, of one of the parents or the cooperation of the of the other parents who we'll speak after the break the law report on kaya fm 95.9 welcome kanya welcome back to the law report i'm standing in for michael motoning bill we're speaking all matters law on every wednesday from eight to nine in a show we seek to educate on all matters law today we're speaking about uh, rights uh, parental rights and responsibilities uh, particularly for uh, single parents we coming from the uh, single single parents day um uh, well i i i was i was i was i was um was pleasantly taken aback that there is a day of that nature i i i'm probably one of those that didn't realize that uh, human rights day is actually also the same day as single parents day and it um, it's something that uh, is to be to be followed up every year um the statistics do indicate that uh, the growth of a child uh in the presence of both parents um 
has an effect on how they would behave in the future and uh, and and we we do hope that uh, uh, both parents to the extent that is possible would be available in the in the life of uh, of minor children and be present in their upbringing and to the extent that the other parent is either uncooperative or is is unavailable uh, on this show we hope that by the time the show ends would have uh, given you as much as we can uh, in terms of how you can uh, maneuver and manage the affairs of the minor child in the best interest of the minor child i i'm i'm joined on on the line by by chris fisher and um and Cheryl Webb, and they'll be—they are helping me to go through uh, to go through some of these issues. Those of you who have issues that they want to call and and, and ask, please give us a call on 0860 Cheryl, uh, l- let me let me bring you in, and thank you very much for 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 for, for joining us. Uh, Chris distinguished yeah. between parental rights and responsibilities and and he dealt quite at length with what is uh, what is ordinarily contained in parental rights so Cheryl, let's deal with parental responsibilities what does that term mean and when we say legally speaking these are your responsibilities as a parent what does that mean well basically the responsibilities laid on both parents not just on one parent Okay, and responsibilities, it covers a whole broad range of things. Um, Who is responsible for the primary care of the child? Who is responsible for maintaining the child? Um, That's who we look at towards maintenance. Um, Schooling, health, um, religious instruction. Those are the types of things that fall under responsibility. And it normally falls under both parents to come to some sort of agreement from both parties as towards religious instructions, which school the child's going to attend, etc., etc. So those are the responsibilities of both the parents. So if the parent is absent, yes. is, is, there, is, is, is the physical presence of the parent indicative of the triggering of these responsibilities or this thing arises by naturally, what triggers that these responsibilities now accrue? Okay, I'm not sort of getting what you're saying, but I think I know, um, I think I understand what you're saying, is what happens if one parent's uh, absent and all those responsibilities fall on the, the primary carer. In other words, the person in which care the child is in majority of the time. Um, the court has recourses where that parent can approach the court for things like maintenance and as you've spoken about um, earlier, you know, if the father does not want to participate in the child's life and hasn't participated for a period, the, the parent in whose care the child is can approach the court to either in children's court to have the rights of the father or the mother restricted or alternatively to approach the high court to have um, the father's rights or the mother's rights completely removed. So, so is it possible for, for someone to say, I gave birth to this child, for, for a mother to say, I, and, and, and this child has been with me for the past five years, I have attempted to get the father of the child to be available in the life of the child, to pay some form of contribution towards the upkeep, upkeep of the child. The father has just basically said he's not interested or he has not reciprocated. Well, He's not, okay. he's not reciprocated and therefore... Uh, well, what happens, the Children's Act actually states, mm. and, and if you look very clearly at the Children's Act, if there's been no physical contact or contact or maintenance for a period of one year, it, it can be deemed that, the, um, the, let's say, for instance, if the mother has a child, that the father has technically abandoned the child, okay? Mm-hmm. And the mother can then can approach the necessary court. But there will be an investigation. Has the mother purposely um, not let the father know where they are, you know, or purposely withheld the child from the father? Um, All those factors have to be looked at um, before the court makes any decision about whether they're going to um, give a sole guardianship to the primary carer. So, so, but it's one thing to say the the the, the mother has purposely uh, withheld contact of the minor child to, to the. It's yet another, I would suggest, to say 
the mother has made attempts to reach out to the to the to the father of the child and say can you contribute to the to the to, to the life of the child and either the father is either ignored or is not uh, is not so it, it, it does that constitute there's two, there's two there's two different concepts one where the father the mother has reached out and the father's just blatantly ignored she's got maintenance court he just hasn't appeared in maintenance court or she's gotten maintenance orders in maintenance court and he fails to pay and he disappears then he's abandoned the child basically okay, okay. there's a, but there's a big difference because mothers are doing this and i'm seeing it more and more lately where they want to go to court for sole guardianship, okay? And then you find out, but hold on, the father has reached out and the mother has purposely withheld. She's moved. She hasn't let the father know where she's going. Um, she's done everything to avoid contact with the father. So the courts have to look at that. There is two different concepts here. One, and then she wants to claim you know, the father's abandoned the child. In fact, the father's never abandoned the child. She has, uh, she's actually um, alienated the child from the father. So you've got to look at both of these. And people have got to be very careful that when the investigation goes down, that it wasn't part of alienation. I'm trying to zoom in into, into an, because if a parent, if the mother makes cons- consistent efforts to... to 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 yes. make contact with the with the father of the child and the father of the child does not reciprocate is that is that is that in and of itself sufficient to constitute abandonment so much so that this parent must simply approach the court and and get uh, it, it's not a simple process don't get me wrong she can approach the court and she needs to bring all the evidence that she's attempted to make contact she's taken him to maintenance court he's Either there is a court order and he hasn't paid or he was never found or he's disappeared. All that evidence needs to be brought into the court. And then it will get looked at. It will uh, possibly be uh, be looked at and investigated by the family advocate. They will try and make contact with his family, etc., etc. So there will be an investigation. If it is proven that the father's just vanished or, or he says, you know, I'm not interested in the child, I want nothing to do with the child, um, they, 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 they then can um, make her a, a sole guard, give her sole guardianship. But just remember, even in giving her sole guardianship, she can still approach the maintenance court for maintenance. That is the one thing that the father cannot run away from. So it's the one thing that the father can't abandon even if he chooses to? Even if he chooses to, he cannot abandon maintenance. She might never see maintenance, Mm -hmm. but she has all the rights in the world, even if she has sole guardianship of that child, to approach the maintenance court to ask for maintenance. So that, that is a responsibility he can never shrug. So in the interim period, while all these investigations are happening as to whether or not the, the deeming provision that you're speaking about, uh, the deemed abandonment. Um, yes. So in, in, while those investigations are, are happening, the single parent of necessity has practicalities to deal with. What happens then? Well, what she can... Are you talking about the maintenance side of things now? Yes. She... If... She can't find him to be able to get a maintenance order. She can approach the court to sue his parents. So the grandparents, the paternal grandparents, can be legally responsible to pay maintenance for that child. Okay. So you look for the biological father, you don't find the biological father. Yes. Or the biological father is unresponsive. Yes. The next thing you save the papers on the parents, on the grand, on the parents of on the, the father. grandparents, and you approach the court for maintenance from the grandparents. And say what? That, that they, they, their son has has abandoned the child, mm-hmm. and they're now um, seeking a maintenance order against the grandparents. That's very interesting, um, Peter. In Johannesburg, you have been holding for some time. Yeah, thank you for taking my call. Some of the issues I wanted to raise have been answered, but then uh, for three and a half years, I took my ex-wife to court on a single issue because she's been denied me access to the child. So I went to court to say, I want to pay for the schooling of the child at the children's court in Serenache. And the court went on and on about issues not related to what I came to court for. 
I did not apply for access because uh, the social workers told me that the environment in which the child is staying is toxic. Therefore, every time the child comes for consultations, it's like the child has been uh, warned to speak ill about me. So therefore, my interest was, let me go to court on a single issue. I want to provide the best education for the child. Even today, I still haven't managed because the court took the issues, like children's court is not helping the fathers who want to be there for their children. It just decided to deal with issues unrelated to what I came to court for. So what is the solution to, to that issue, to that problem that I have? Because as I am now, I want to provide for my child. My ex got remarried to another guy. I even approached the guy to say to him, please help me with my child. I want to provide for my child. Look for your children. I will look after this one. But I haven't, I'm not winning. I'm, I'm just despondent with the court. What do I do? So, so when you went to court, you, you say the, the, the court dealt with issues that you had not gone then for. Um, w- w- what was the ultimate order that was given by the court, if any? Look, the ex uh, lied to the court and said the child is traumatized. So the court said, no, I, we need, the child needs to see a psychologist uh, to deal with that first. Right? So I agreed. And I even offered to the court to pay for those sessions, which the court accepted. Then I paid for about five sessions until the psychologist refused to take payments to say, but the child is not improving. The child's uh, 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 primary residence where he stays with the mother is very toxic to the child. So in the interest of the developmental, developmental stages of the child, I then went to court to say, please, let us just resolve on this issue that I need to send the child to a better school. That's it. Yeah, but what was the so, so what was the order that was given by, by the court? The court never gave an order until after about fifteen sessions at the court, I submitted a a a a, a, a letter to the court to say I, I wish to to stop this thing because I'm not winning about what I actually came to the court for because the magistrate was just not helping the situation. It was like I was the accused in this in this matter. Yet I'm the one who took the the matter to the court. Peter, am I understanding you correctly? I, I can I can hear the emotion in your in your voice and uh, yes. yeah. So I, I'm I'm trying to extract as much as I can from you so that either Chris or or Cheryl can 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 help you. That's that's why yes. I keep pushing about asking you to say. So is there an order from the court saying anything at all, or that matter is just pending and you withdrew it? Or you withdrew it? The, the matter just went on and on and on. Yeah. I, withdrew, I withdrew it on one reason. After the social workers, uh, the psychologist said to me, mm. the sessions that they are having with the child, one, they are not helping the child because the child is always scared when he's there. It's like the child is being threatened. If you speak like this, if you speak like this, this will happen to... Uh, how old is the child? The child is turning nine, uh, 12 June. Okay. Uh, Cheryl, do, do, do you want to take a bite today? Yes. Uh, first of all, what should have happened is the psychologist that saw the child, if that was that psychologist's finding, there should have been a letter by the psychologist sent to the magistrate, if it was in magistrate's court, explaining that he believes that the child has been intimidated and that the environment for the child is toxic and... Um, that the sessions cannot continue because he doesn't believe that it's assisting the child in any way. That's what should have happened. Okay, so there's failure there. That's where the ball was actually dropped. Okay, because now the court has got no feedback from the psychologist and now has to make decisions, which is very difficult because that, that magistrate is now working in the dock. Hence he said the case dragged on and on and on and on until eventually he gave up. Um, Lots of mothers do this, um, in, work in the background, to, uh, and will actually dictate to children what to say and what to do. And eventually, somewhere down the line, it actually comes out that the, mm. that the child was, was, was told what to say. We've even had cases where children have actually said to the psychologist, um, oh, I forgot what, to, what my mom told me to say. You know, that's actually come out in cases. So, so yes, um, because it's now dragged up, he's given up. And sometimes in the background, that is exactly what the mother's aiming for, is for the father to give up. The longer she can drag it up, out, the quicker um, 
she can get him off her back. So the best thing for, 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 for him is to actually go back to that psychologist yeah. and get a written report. Go back to for court, either reopen the case or complete a new form two um, with an affidavit to state what has actually transpired with the, the uh, psychologist's report and to then have the case reviewed. Can I just ask one last question? Uh, very quickly, Peter. Yes, can I just go through the high court this time? Because I, I, believe I, don't, I don't have confidence in the children's court anymore. Can I just go directly to the high court? Okay, he would have to have an attorney to go to high court, but yes, th- that's yes. not a problem. Get an attorney that has either the right to appear in high court or an ad- uh, or attorney that suggests an advocate. Draft yes. the papers um, for, for um, an interim order where it's, if he hasn't seen the child for quite a period of time, that the, the, obviously it would have to be supervised and they would have to look at an, an, a reintegration uh, process um, normally with high court, it's not a long, drawn-out process. It's normally pretty quick. We, when, and when I say quick, three to six months. Mm. Um, I, I, but the, the best thing to, for him would be to actually take that psychologist's report because that is vital. That, that report has got the information in, in that the court or the family advocate would need in order to see exactly what is going on, what they're dealing with, and the way forward. Peter, I hope that is helpful. And um, uh, perhaps, Sarah, before I come to you, Chris, um, what what should inform the decision as to whether or not someone should go to the High Court or should go to the uh, to the Magistrate Court? What what should inform uh, a choice of the forum uh, in terms of which an aggrieved party or an aggrieved parent as to which route they must talk, they must take? Yes, so uh, in terms of the Children's Act, you can either approach the High Court or the Children's Court at it will probably just come down to how speedy you want to, speedily you want to uh, uh, finalize your matter. As Cheryl said, uh, you know, the High Court, it will be a little bit quicker, but you need an attorney and you, because uh, the applications that have to be drafted are a little bit more technical. In the Children's Court, they, they have specific um, forms that you have to fill out, and uh, but that you can supplement with uh, additional affidavits and documents. But it does take a little bit more time in the Children's Court. Uh, they appoint social workers where the High Court appoints the Family Advocates Office to investigate. Now, I'm not saying that two are very quick in their investigations. They, they are in with matters and with um, investigations that they have to do. But I would probably uh, recommend um, the, the High Court for matters such as these um, where the Children's Court are delaying the process. But you have to remember that you cannot um, run in both um, courts because uh, they, uh, one of them will give a cost order against you for that. Okay, so let's take a, a step back. We spoke earlier on uh, about the termination of the rights of uh, of one one of the parents, the the absent parent, and, and you said that uh, there can be a termination of um, of the rights, but it does not follow that there's a termination of of, of responsibilities. After the break, Chris, uh, mm. if you can please deal with how do you reinstate. The terminated rights, and if at all, yeah, if, if, if that is possible, we we dealt earlier on with circumstances and the facts that are necessary to terminate the rights. But you say the responsibilities remain. Now, what should happen in circumstances where this parent wants to reinstate the previously terminated rights? We deal with that after the break. The law report on Kaya FM ninety five point nine. Welcome back, Mkaya. Welcome to the Law Report. I'm standing in for Michael Motoning Bill on the Law Report uh, on All Matters Law. We discuss All Matters Law. Today we're speaking about the rights of single parents uh, and, 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 and what it is that a single parent uh, can do. Uh, we, we, we know the struggles that single parents have in bringing up minor children. There's consent that is required for this and that. There's all kinds of things that uh, maybe you want to get a passport or you want to get um, one or other um, aspect. You need to move a child from one school. You need to move them to another. 
you've done everything and anything that you can to try and get the other parent involved in the life of the minor child and you are you're basically uh unsuccessful um we 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 discussing these issues to see uh what kind of assistance we can give you and what kind of guidance we can give you in uh in 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 attending to these matters i'm i'm joined by by chris who's an uh, uh, attorney as well as a uh, charo web uh they've been helping us to to dissect these things and um just before the break i i i did ask chris to say we dealt with circumstances where the rights of the absent parent has been terminated now he this parent now wants to come back into the life of the child uh what is it that can be done to reinstate the terminated rights? So if those, if those rights have been terminated by a, a court order, then it's just a simple application for a rescission of that uh, court order where you just have to show the court good cause why your rights must be reinstated. So what is it that the, 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 in, the, in the papers for the reinstatement, what, what is it that they have to, to allege? Well, they they obviously they're going to uh, seek a, a suspension or a rescission of the order, uh, show the court that they want to be a part of the child's life now. They will have to um, give an indication of uh, what sort of responsibilities they will adhere to towards the minor child, where they will maintain the maintenance of the minor child. They'll have to give background to their circumstances, uh, uh, what sort of um, employment they have at this point in time, what sort of residence they have, if that residence has a place for the minor child, uh, uh, there's a room for the minor child. Obviously, they must also uh, request that the court direct a family advocate's office or a social worker to investigate the matter and report to the court to make recommendations on the the rights to be reinstated. But Chris, is is it is, is it as simple as that to say, well, I'm back now, so I, I want to be involved in the in the life of my child, so let's just get on with it. No, no, not not as simple as that. That's why the investigation is done by a social worker, where she will uh, he or she will interview all the parties to see whether such an integration would be in the best interest of the minor child. So can the biological parent oppose such an application? The parent who has full parental rights and responsibilities toward the minor child will definitely have the opportunity to oppose and oppose to an opposing affidavit, of course, to state why they say that the circumstances are not ripe to reinstate the other parties uh, or the applicant's um, rights. So is it possible that the court may say, well, the investigations that have been done, the opposing affidavit from the present biological parent don't warrant me to reinstate your parental rights, but I maintain your responsibilities. You keep paying or you must pay for the maintenance of the child. Yes, uh, that's exactly uh, what the court uh, would be allowed to do. If they find in the family advocate's report or the social worker's report or in uh, they are in agreement with whatever is in the opposing affidavit from from the respondent, uh, not to reinstate the rights toward the minor child or that it wouldn't be in the best interest of the minor child to have contact or uh, have the applicant have rights towards that child, then they'll say, no, but you'll know, you know, they'll dismiss the, case, the, the application um, for uh, their rights to be reinstated, but that doesn't dismiss the responsibilities that the party has towards the minor child. So, so in the ordinary course of your, of your work, Chris, what would be the, some of the issues that the, the, the court would look at to say you are not fit to, for me to reinstate uh, your rights? Well, In the event that there has been a very long period of absence from the child's life or the rearing of the child, then the the court will probably be adverse to reinstating your rights. And especially they'll be looking at your circumstances. If there is, let's say, a violence in your past or in your current situation, especially where there are the substance abuse involved, the, the court will definitely not reinstate your rights. If you are not financially secure, they might look at that as well. And uh, those are some of the, the, the opinions they'll look into. 
Okay, Cheryl, let, let, me, let me come to you. Both you and Chris keep referencing the family advocate, the family advocate, the family advocate. Yes. What is this creature called the family advocate? Okay, the family advocate is separate to the court. It is, it is state-based. In other words, the people that work there is employed by the state. And what they do is when you, when you take a matter to court, you normally make a lot of allegations on your, your affidavit. Now, the magistrate or the judge sits there and he reads this and he, he says, well, how do I know if any of this is true? You're alleging this, okay? So what he'll then do is say, look here, I'm going to refer this to the offices of a family advocate who's an independent body. Um, he, work, he or she work, works for neither of the parents but rather works for the state. They're going to investigate all these allegations. And they will then investigate. And how they do that is they will interview both the parents. If the child is old enough, they, they will then interview the child with a social worker present. They will interview the parents on both sides, um, the, the, the school teachers, nursery school teachers, friends, neighbors, who, whoever. Um, or, or, and they, they will then try to determine um, the truth in these allegations. Okay, so they say, say um, the, the, the father picks the child up late from school. You know, that will be easy to, for the family advocate to determine by phoning the school and finding out if the father does pick the child up late from school. So that all these sort of allegations will be investigated. They will then do a report. Now, I've seen some family advocates' reports, and I've got some here with me, that are almost 300 pages long. That's how intensive the investigation can get. Some of them can get be 20 pages. Some of them can be up to 300 pages long. And at the end of this report, the family advocate will then make recommendations. Can these recommendations, in other words, I'll advise the judge or the magistrate that they feel this is what should be done for the future. So either uh, they will say the father needs to get his visitation rights every second weekend, sleepovers, etc., or they will say, you know, because of the delay, the child hasn't seen the father for a year or two years, um, integration needs to take place, and then they will suggest how this should happen and over what, what period of time. And this will then go up to the magistrate or to, to, to the, the judge, and he will look at the, the report, he'll look at the, the, the recommendations, and he'll say, actually, I agree with this. After reading the report, that, um, that whatever recommendations are made, I'm in agreement with, and he will then make those recommendations a court order. So, so, can, can, so, so, so can a judge or a magistrate disagree with the family advocate? They don't normally. <laughs> <laughs> they don't. <laughs> they normally accept the recommendations because so, they. So 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 if I'm a, if I'm a party to a matter that is before the high court or the magistrate court and the family advocate has produced the report, I basically have my back against the wall. Is that is that is that is that, is that what you say? Well, whatever. Well, the magistrate or the judge is is going to because look, yeah, he hasn't done the investigation. He's got an independent party to do the investigation for him. So he's going to ninety nine point nine percent of the time he's going to accept those recommendations. Okay. The person that's going to oppose that recommendation is the, the person that is opposing the application because, because maybe those recommendations is not what that person wants to give. Yeah, but, but, but so, so what you are saying is that the process of the investigation of the family advocate is so important that any party that wants a decision in their favor must feed the family advocate with as much as they can that supports their case. Otherwise, by the time the family advocate submits the report, you are now up a, 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 a slippery slope. Because it's a brief Exactly. Exactly. So the, the family advocate's report is very important because they... they, they are an unbiased independent. Yeah. So they're neither working for the mother or for the father. They're working for what is in the best interest of the child. Okay? And, and that's the focus we need to focus on. Is This is about the child. This is not about the parents. It's what's best for the child. So, yes, the, the, the parents play a vital role in it. But at the end of the day, it's going to be what is the best for that child? And the recommendations is going to be based on that.
Okay, Chris, we we're wrapping up. Perhaps let me give you this opportunity in in as 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 I prepare to 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 wrap up the show. In your line of work with these things of 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 single parents and and litigation and um, I know this is how how long is a string and and it's a it's a it's a it's a, it's a broad question. What do you, would you would you suggest that um, a single parent who is struggling with the upkeep of a minor child? What would you suggest that they should do? Well, if they're struggling um, on their own with the upkeep of the minor child, then I would definitely suggest uh, approaching the maintenance court uh, for a claim against the other biological parent um, to assist with the, uh, obviously, just to maintain the minor child. Uh, Just because they don't want to be involved in the minor child's life doesn't mean they don't, they just, uh, you know, their responsibility to pay for the expenses of the minor child. If it just comes down to one person, uh, you know, that's unfair. That's why we have the Maintenance Act. But they would but say those processes are tedious. Say again? I'm saying if, if, if the retort is that those processes are tedious. Mm, they, they take a very long time, yes. And unfortunately, that is the relief that you have and that you need to follow. There's no other recourse for you except to approach the maintenance court. And it takes a very long time to get there. And in the, if the, the court finds that the um, party who uh, is the respondent in the application for maintenance can't pay, that's unfortunate, then it still comes down to you. Um, in terms of termination of rights uh, towards the minor child, what I usually see in my line of work is where the single parent um, wants to remarry and the other party uh, hasn't been involved very much in the, uh, the child's life and they would like their new partner to take over the, the um parental rights and responsibilities of the child. That's where I usually see these termination applications in the High Court. Thank you very much to Chris Fisher, uh, who is an attorney at SKV Attorneys, and uh, Cheryl Webb, um, she's a legal advisor. The show has been exceptionally uh, interesting and exceptionally um, uh, educative. I was in the company of great legal minds that made this thing very simple, and I trust very much that we have been able to impart as much as we could in the in the space of an hour. Uh, I mean, this is this is perhaps a whole year of law school. Uh, they've broken it down into language that everyone can 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 possibly understand and i just hope that uh, those absent parents uh, try as much as possible to put the differences between them for the benefit uh, and as the term that we have continuously had uh, in this show in the best interest of the minor child so my most profound appreciation to you chris and, uh, and 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 to you cheryl and i hope that we'll be able to speak again very soon on the same issue and uh, we'll speak again and we'll pick up this issue again uh, on the law report next week michael mutoning bill will be back the law report with michael mutoning bill on kaya fm 95.9 rewinding rewinding kaya fm on fm rewind visit kayafm.co.za for more